so glad you could join us for the mornings at YCVC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with Him. So let's get into the Word. So this morning we've invited you to come and see. This is actually an invitation that is thousands of years old. It's an invitation that was extended to one of Jesus' first followers. In the Gospel of Matthew, we're told uh, that very early in Jesus' ministry, he was calling his disciples, uh, those who would become his followers, to come follow him. And and so we read in Matthew chapter 7, verses, sorry, John's Gospel, John's Gospel, in John chapter 1, we'll get there, in John chapter 1, verse 43, We read uh, that Jesus, as he was gathering his disciples, it says in John chapter 1, verse 43, says, The next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth! Can anything good come from there? Nathaniel asked. Come and see, Philip said. And so Philip invited Nathaniel to come and see, to, to come and follow Jesus, to discover who this man was who, who claimed to be the Messiah, the Savior, the one that the, the Jewish people were waiting for. But there was a stumbling block for Nathaniel. Jesus came from Nazareth. It was not the it town. It was not a special place for someone so special to come from. It was also the wrong town. For for those who knew the prophecies about the Messiah who was to come, they knew that he was to come from Bethlehem. And, and so Nathaniel's response is the Nazareth. How could he be the one if he's from there? And, and so Philip extended him the invitation to come and to see. And so this morning, maybe you're in a similar place like Nathaniel. You, you, you're, you're thinking, well, I've heard of Jesus. I've heard of Christian faith, but can anything good come from it? And so we want to invite you this morning to come and to see. Despite his doubts, despite his apprehension, Nathaniel went and he saw. And so we read on in, in John chapter 1. It says, when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. And so we would call this a word of knowledge. Jesus knew something that he couldn't possibly have known without supernatural power. Then Nathanael declared, this Nathanael who moments earlier said, can anything good come from Nazareth? He declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than that. And so Nathanael went and he saw and and very quickly his perspective changed, his tune changed. But Jesus said, you'll see so much more than this. You'll see greater things than this. And so this morning I want us to explore that question. What did Jesus show Nathaniel? What did his disciples, his followers see? 
What do we see? What do you and I see that when we follow Jesus, when we look at him? Not the Jesus through the filter of religion, not Jesus through the media, not Jesus through any other filter, but when we look at the real Jesus, if we come and we see, who and what do we see? Well, the firstly, Nathaniel and the other followers of Jesus saw a miracle worker. In the next chapter of John, we read that Jesus attended a wedding with his followers and they ran out of wine and and that was a bad thing at a wedding in those days, even more so than today. It was a great thing of shame. And, and so we read that Jesus turned water into wine. We read in the Gospels that, that he healed people with leprosy, which wasn't just a skin disease. It was something that made them social outcasts. He healed people with all kinds of sickness. He caused the blind to see. He fed thousands of people on more than one occasion with just a small packed lunch. He walked on water. He raised the dead. He calmed the storms with a word or two. And so in Luke's Gospel, in Luke 7, verse 21 to 23, we read this. Uh, John the Baptist, who uh, was a, a foregoer before Jesus, Uh, sent some of his followers to go and find out if Jesus was really the one. And it says in verse 21 of Luke 7, At that very time Jesus cured many who had diseases, sickness and evil spirits, and gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied to the messengers, Go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. And so what did Jesus' followers see? They saw a miracle worker. They saw a healer. They saw a deliverer. And so I want to ask you this morning, do you need a miracle in your life? Because the good news, the good news of Jesus, we often use the word gospel, which means good news. The good news is that Jesus is still a miracle worker today. He's still a healer today. He's still a deliverer today. And so if you need a miracle in your life, I encourage you this morning, even right now, to cry out to Jesus, to declare, I need a miracle. Come and be my miracle worker. Come and be my healer. Come and be my deliverer. Amen. And so Jesus' followers, Nathaniel, who, who went and saw, saw a miracle worker. But that's not all. They saw a good teacher. And there's lots of good teachers working very hard at the moment. But when I say good teacher, I mean so much more than just a good teacher. I mean someone whose teaching is right and true and trustworthy. Jesus taught a way of life based on the love of God and the love of neighbor. In Matthew's Gospel, in in chapter 7, where I wrongfully headed before, 
We, we read about Jesus teaching and in verses 28 and 29 of Matthew chapter 7, uh, some people are reflecting after hearing some of Jesus' teaching and it says, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as the teachers of the law. And so Jesus is not like any other teacher. Jesus' teaching carried a weight that no one else's teaching did. In the world today, and especially now that we're all online trying to make sense of this current situation, there's so many who would seek to teach us how we should live, who would seek to teach us about the kind of decisions we should be making, what we should be doing at home in self-isolation, how we should shape our thoughts and our minds. There's so many people trying to teach. And it was the same was true in the days that Jesus walked the earth. There were so many people with theories and philosophies, religious and secular, trying to tell people how they should live. But those who were there when they heard Jesus' teaching knew there was something different about it. He wasn't just a teacher. He wasn't just another teacher. He was the good teacher. Uh, there's this other episode where, where some people were struggling with some of Jesus' teaching and, and lots of people who had been following some of the crowd, they, they, they wandered off and, and Jesus said to his closest followers, those called his disciples, are, are you going to leave too? And one of them, Peter, said, well, where else will we go? You have the words of eternal life. There's something about Jesus' teaching that is above and beyond any other teaching the world has ever known. Jesus said of his own teaching in Matthew seven twenty four to 27, he says, Therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. And so Jesus himself claimed that his teaching, his words provided a sure foundation when nothing else did. What did Jesus' followers see? They, they saw a good teacher who taught them a way of life that their lives could be built upon so that they would not fail. They would not crumble. They would not fall apart when the trials of life came and, and we're certainly in a trial of life right now. And so does it feel to you like your life is built upon shifting sands? Has, has your life's foundation seemed to be, be swept away from under you? perhaps because of this present global crisis or perhaps because of the ebb and flow of your own life, does it feel like your life's built upon shifting sands? Well, the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ is that he's still a good teacher today. His words are still a firm foundation in the midst of the many voices that we might be tuning into and listening to right now, Jesus' words are the one and only true and sure foundation upon which we can build our life. Jesus' followers saw a miracle worker. 
they saw a good teacher. And then in the blink of the eye, Jesus was crucified. Uh, the events leading up to the Easter weekend were so rapid, it was, it was only a week before the, the day that Christians we often call Palm Sunday, it was only the week before Resurrection Sunday that, that Jesus was being welcomed into Jerusalem as the coming King. And on Friday of the same week, he was dead hanging on a cross. If we put ourselves in the minds of Jesus' first followers, this must have seemed so disorienting, so rapidly turning upside down their lives. They'd invested years of their life into following Jesus. They'd invested themselves into the belief that he was the one the Messiah, the King, the Saviour of the world. And in the blink of the eye, at the hands of the religious elites, at the hands of the political powers that be, through the portrayal of one of his own closest followers, Jesus was crucified, unjustly trialled and crucified. It was a shocking end. It was a surprising conclusion. It was an apparent defeat. And Nathaniel, who, who went and saw, who came to see, and who invested his life in following, like all his Jesus' other close followers, their hopes would have been crushed. But the thing is, it was not a surprise to Jesus. It was not a defeat, but an overwhelming victory. In Matthew chapter 27, verse 54, we're, we're told about uh, this moment that Jesus died on the cross. And if you were with us on Friday, we, we read this passage, but the last part of that says, when the centurion, that was the Roman guard, and those who with, were with him, Guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that happened, that's when Jesus died, they were terrified and exclaimed, surely he was the Son of God. And so Jesus was no ordinary man. That which was, in a sense, revealed through his miracle working, through his good teaching, was confirmed in his death that he was no ordinary man. He was and is the Son of God. He was no ordinary man and he died no ordinary death. His body was broken that ours might be healed. His blood was shed that our sin might be forgiven. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says that God made him who knew no sin. That means he did not sin, he did not participate in any wrongdoing. God made him, Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. This apparent defeat was a victory over our sin that we might be forgiven. He died not for himself but as a saviour. And so this morning I want to, want to ask you, are you lost? Do you need a saviour? Are you 
overwhelmed by the weight of your sin and wrongdoing and the brokenness of your life, well, there's good news. Because the truth is that Jesus is still a Savior today. Amen. And so the followers of Jesus, we see, as the followers of Jesus saw, we see a miracle worker, we see a good teacher, we see a crucified Savior, but we also see, as we celebrate today, a risen Lord. In Matthew 28, verse 5 and 6, as we read on from this moment of Jesus' death, those verses we we read at the beginning of our time together this morning, we read that the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, they'd come to see Jesus' uh, body and to, to anoint his body after his death. He said, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. And so Jesus' followers who had seen a miracle worker, who'd seen a good teacher, who had seen their Savior crucified, they also came and they saw an empty tomb. The scriptures tell us that Jesus appeared to many people many times over a period of 40 days before he ascended into heaven. And this is not a mere fantasy. This is not mere wishful thinking by some people who had a couple of days to think about it and thought, well, let's pretend that he rose from the dead. His disciples, his followers, his mother, though he'd said otherwise that he would raise, had no expectation that this was anything but defeat. Yet they found an empty tomb. Yet they saw the risen Lord. And yet most of them were persecuted and killed, refusing to deny the truth that they'd seen Jesus raised from the dead. I don't want to get anchored down into it this morning because I want to talk about what it means for us, but, but I want to assure you this morning that the resurrection of Jesus is a sure historical fact. But the question is, what does that resurrection mean for you and I? What does the empty tomb mean for us? And just as Jesus' death was not a surprise to him, nor was his resurrection. Uh, and he spoke about a resurrection before his crucifixion. He talked about uh, himself being, being the temple of God and that the temple would be destroyed, but in three days it would be raised back up. He spoke to his followers about life beyond death and, and in one moment in speaking to some of his followers he, he had this to say about himself in, in uh, John chapter 11 verses 25 and 26. He was talking to a woman whose brother had just died about the hope beyond death. And it says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And so Jesus was not just raised from the dead. In, in fact, he was not the first person to be raised from the dead. Moments after that reading, Jesus raises the dead man, Lazarus, from the tomb. 
And so Jesus was not the, the first to be raised from the dead, but he is not just risen. He is the resurrection and the life. He says that those who believe will live even though they die. And so Jesus is saying that when we believe in him, it's not that we don't experience a physical death just like everybody else. We, we experience death. But Jesus says we will live again. His resurrection is our resurrection. We will live again. And, and so it's true to say that those who believe in him will never die. Because this life is not all there is. The Apostle Paul, reflecting on what this means for us, said these words. He said, death has been swallowed up in victory. Jesus' resurrection was not just one man returning to life. Jesus' resurrection was a victory over death once and for all, so that for those who believe in him, death has been swallowed up in victory. Its power and its sting are no more. And so we have a hope beyond this life when we trust in Jesus. We have a hope beyond death. We have a hope beyond sickness and suffering and pain. And so I want to ask you this morning, do you have a hope? We live in a moment in our world that none of us expected. But so much of what we anchored our hope to has been swept away. Where, where so much of what we thought would be our life has been put at least on hold. And so I want to ask you this morning, do you have a hope that endures beyond this life? Because the good news is that Jesus is still the risen Lord today. Jesus is still the resurrection and the life today. So I want to ask you, do you believe it? Do you trust in him? And so this morning, we invited you to come and to see. And I want to thank you, especially if this is your first time joining us here for, for taking the time to come and to see Jesus followers who lived life here on this earth with him they saw a miracle worker they saw a good teacher they saw a crucified saviour they saw a risen Lord when we look at Jesus when we look at the real Jesus we see our healer we see the one whose word is a sure foundation to build our life upon. We see the one who forgives us of all of our sins through his own blood shed on the cross. And we see the one who gives us hope of resurrection life beyond this life. A hope that endures beyond even death. And so I want to encourage you this morning to put your trust in Him. To surrender your life to the miracle worker, the good teacher, the saviour, the risen Lord. 
So I'm going to invite you to pray a prayer with me this morning, wherever you are, whether you've walked with Jesus for, for some time, a long time, a short time, or, or whether you've never taken the step of putting your trust in Jesus. I want to invite you perhaps to hear the call of God and put your trust in him this morning. And so I'm going to pray. And wherever you're at, wherever you are, I really invite you to pray this with me. Jesus, I want to put my trust in you today. And so I invite you to come into my life. Come heal me where I'm broken. Come teach me how to live as I put my trust in you. Come forgive all of my sins. Come, fill me with a hope beyond death. And come and fill me with your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Jesus. And if that's your prayer this morning, I invite you to say amen. Amen, in Jesus' name. you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning we'd love to hear from you you can send us a message through our facebook page you can jump on our website and go to the contact page and and send us a message there we'd love to hear from you this morning we'd love to touch base with you and and help you get started on your life of following jesus we're going to worship together in song this morning we're going to celebrate the beautiful, wonderful, powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in His Word, stay in His love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.